The Theonauts, episode 34. The one where you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why, Krampus is coming to town. The Theonauts Podcast. Hello, all you Theo Pagans out there. <laughs> I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the, the Theo Nots. You know, that's kind of like the opposite of the people <laughs> listening. I apologize for my fellow Theo Not David. You are not pagans. Maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it just seemed to work so well. All right. Well, all right. Just, you know, neo-pagan, neo-pagan. Neo-pagans. Yeah, I don't, it's kind of... <laughs> I see where you went. I just don't like how you got there. <laughs> Anyways, so you doing all right, David? Yeah. How's it going out there? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Or how's it going in here? It's, You're not out there. Yeah. They're out there. It's nice and cozy in here. Yeah. It's nice. It's <laughs> well, nice. Our, our, uh, our, our creationism podcast did not blow up. It didn't blow up like the last one? <laughs> oh. so, so we're back into the, to no. the gutter. Well, that's normal. <laughs> Tell your friends and neighbors and make them listen. <laughs> yeah. Force them. Sit them down. Chain them to a chair yeah. until they listen. We're listening to an hour or hour and a half yeah. of dribble about that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, but, okay, so I did go to a Christmas parade last oh, yeah. uh, weekend. So that's you know going to tie into what we're, ta- we're talking that's about. That's good. So How was it? It was... Cool. What I mean, did Santa look like? Was he good? Or- um, he was kind of non-eventful. Oh. He was at the back. See, of in he, behind all the ambulances. Yeah, you got to get the the <laughs> fat and happy Santas. You know? Yeah, they always. He's supposed to be like the the last the last tri- big yeah. thing. But yeah, you know, everyone I think was kind of you know tired. It was getting yeah. cold. We were we were in um, Paris, Texas, yeah. not France, but. Uh, <laughs> But they do have an Eiffel Tower. Yes, and they, they do. Yeah. And uh, there is a, they're one of these throwback vintage downtowns. Right. So, I mean, I always love that type of small, you know, it's not, you know, a huge town, but they've got their own. This, it's bigger than most around here. Yeah, yeah. But but it's like, you know, still got that small town right, Main vibe. Street feel. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we were, you know, just camping out on the sidewalks, watching all the the homemade redneck floats go by awesome you know four wheelers and awesome <laughs> and clowns there was cl- <laughs> clowns on scooters <laughs> i like clowns on scooters yeah that it's was interesting cool. my mom was yeah. like uh, you know i would like to have one of those scooters that'd be kind of neat and i was like all you gotta do is join the clownettes there you go <laughs> we'll paint you up <laughs> i was like i'll pay you put a red nose on you <laughs> to do that let you drive around and shriners Oh yeah, man! There, there were Shriners everywhere. <laughs> it was like half the parade was Shriners. You, yeah, you don't know how big that organization truly yeah, I, is. I don't want to know. You know, <laughs> it. Uh, I mean, we're talking paganism. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know how. There's got to be some pagan roots behind <laughs> some of well, that. Aren't stuff. they like the Masons' I, leaders? I've heard that. Uh, I don't know if 
If you're a member of uh, a, a, a secret organization and would like to discuss it on our show, please call in. I got a couple guys that would probably come from the church. Yeah. And... <laughs> well, I'm I not would, allowed to officially say. I would tell you, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this this show is getting off to a great start. So, uh, the, okay, now I, the, I brought you, I brought a flyer back for yes, you. Yes, I'm super excited. Uh, so December the 13th, it looks like they're going to have a totally turtles Christmas. <laughs> the Ninja Turtles meet Santa. Woo! I'm all it's there, like man. Santa Claus conquers the Martians. Or That's something. right. I wonder if they like kung fu him or a little bit, or like fight his elves, or like you know. I don't know. Maybe they fight the Krampus. <laughs> Krampus. Which I'm starting to love that tradition. I think we should have had Krampus way more than, but I'm getting way ahead of myself. Yeah, 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 we'll yeah. talk about him in a little bit. <laughs> um, anyways, let's see. Things have been going good for me. We did the uh, the Angel Tree Kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, get, went and bought a bunch of Christmas presents for uh, needy children, which was fun. That's Our youth group awesome. did that. Yeah. And uh, I mean that's pretty much it, man. It's kind of slow. I, yeah. I love I love it when it's slow. Yeah, <laughs> and the weather's been very bipolar. Yeah, it has been. Oh my goodness, it's crazy. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, that's so, what's happening around hey, here? Hey, so did you enjoy the uh, the trivia segment last go round? I loved it. I think we ought to do it more often. All right. Was that Screw Tape? Welcome. Screw Tape is announcing our trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Theo Trivia. Woo! I'm so excited about this. It's the greatest segment of so our entire are, are show. You, are you going to ask me a question first this time? Uh, yeah, I'll ask you a question first this time. Old Testament, what do you want? What do you think? Uh, sure. All right, Old Testament. Old, Old Testament will be fine. <clears throat> Who does the Bible say could not keep warm, even with covers, when he was cold? I might have stumped him on this one. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to think about it. Hmm. I'm going to just take a wild stab at. Okay. You're shaking your head like I'm already missed the question. I, I don't think you've got it. <laughs> I would put money down right now. Okay. Well, well, in that case, I'm just Ezekiel. No. So what's the what's the answer? Well, he's a man after your own name. Ah, and after God's own heart. That's huh? right. David. David. Where's that story take place? First Kings 1. First Kings one. I don't even know what this is referring to. It could not stay warm. Okay, well, if, cool. If you know that, look it up and tell us. Yeah. Okay. So your turn. All right. Bring it. Uh, let's see. What do you want? You know what? I'll go with New Testament since you went with New, Old Testament. New Testament. Okay. Who said? This is the King James version. Apparently. Oh, great. <laughs> Who said? Whom will ye that I release? Unto you. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> we did that again. Hang on. Hang on. I'll give you some Jeopardy music. Thanks. <laughs> but I think I know the answer. Yeah, it's probably. All right. Okay. You'd have to think hard about that one. I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Who is it? Pontius Pilate. 
Wow, that bings my ears. Yes. <laughs> what is that? that I, I'm one for two now. Yes. <laughs> hey, you're whooping me now. Uh, uh, Matthew 27, verse 17, if you guys are. And there replieth unto himeth. Yes. Bravas. Give okay. us bravas. So give me another one. Give me another one. Okay. All right. All right. <clears throat> Let's go with. Um, names. Okay. Let's go with names. Okay. What is the oldest Hebrew name used to refer to God by name? Okay, the oldest Hebrew name. Yes. Now... The you question is, is it transliterated in the English translation or not? Because the real, the, I think the answer to that is Elohim because of Genesis 1, verse 1. The word God is Elohim in that verse. That's right. But, but that's not the right answer, is it? No. Okay, so what is the right answer? Yahweh. Yahweh. Yeah. Okay, where, where is that first mention? It doesn't tell me that. I, I thought it was Elohim, too. But... Well, is Elohim a proper na- this name? Is the, this is the trick, I think. Used to refer to God by name. B- by name. Well, God refers to himself as I am. Right, right. That's in the burning bush. That's Yahweh, right? Right. So, these these questions, man... <laughs> Okay, I'm over two. Oh my goodness. Okay, what do you <laughs> That one's weird. I don't know if that's correct hey, or not. I, I'm sticking by my We answer. need to call this company. Elohim. Elohim. That's my answer. Very okay, good. So, <laughs> so what do you got? What do you got? Or what do you want? What's the HG? What's that? History and geography. I don't want to do that. No, what's, come on. What's, what's, what's P? P is prophecy. So in trouble. <laughs> All right, let's do history and geography. I'll get history that and geography. Here we, <clears throat> Here we go. In what city were the disciples on, or in what city were the disciples on the day of Pentecost? <laughs> Are you using the kitty version for me? I think you're using the child version for me. You're getting the adult version, and I have the child version. No. Oh, I'm not. See, what is the this? card is white. This is play school monopoly is what this is. Oh, come on. Well, go ahead. Spell the answer. I'll give you another question. All right. Jerusalem. Yes. Acts 2 verse 5. All right. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Uh, let me give you one more. Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to pick you a, a good one. Uh, you're just going to try to find one that I'm well, totally. The, you said, uh, what, what were we doing? Uh, His, geography. History, history and geography. geography. Yeah. Okay. Who was, and this is not too bad, I, I guess. Who was the most famous armor bearer of King Saul? Oh. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> Just took me a minute. David? Yes. Woo-hoo! <laughs> oh. I think I'm, uh, I think I'm, Totally kicking your butt. Today. You are, man. That was like three to two. I'll ask you one more and okay, see if you ask, can redeem yourself. Ask me one more. Redeem see yourself. We, okay. See what we can do. 
<laughs> Here we go. Okay, go for it. Pick prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at prophecy, but uh, okay. Pick it. Okay, prophecy. All right, prophecy. What is a millennialist? <laughs> There's so many things you could say right now. Like so many. <laughs> Millennialist is one who believes in a literal 1,000-year reign of Christ on the earth, according to Revelation. That is correct, sir. Yes. Woo. <laughs> I love this segment so yeah. much. It's okay, my yeah, that's fun. Okay, Anyways. let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Although there probably was... Plenty of news to talk about. The <laughs> trivia thing was kind of fun. Right. <laughs> we wanted to make sure and get it in. But this is going to be a long discussion, I think. It is, and a very important discussion. And I think probably, I know I say this every time, but this is one of my favorite discussions to talk about. I mean, this is going to be great. Really? We're talking about nothing like, other yes. than Christmas. Yes, that's all we're talking about yeah. is Christmas. Okay, so we want to specifically, I guess we could label this the origin Yes. The origins of Christmas. Origins of like Christmas. Plural origins. Right. So, um, I mean, obviously, most all of us know that the reason for the season is Jesus. Santa Claus. Oh, what? <laughs> Krampus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason for the season is Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and, and his, his birth. And, That's and right. We don't want to take anything away from that. However, we get Ninja Turtles during <clears throat> Christmas. Oh, yes. I get Ninja Turtles during <laughs> Christmas, and I love that. So, anyways, but however, however, there are tons of camps. Oh yeah, around. Oh, tons. Do's and don'ts of Christmas. Right. So, what should Christians celebrate Christmas? Should they abhor it like the evil paganism that it is? Right. Or should uh, you do Christmas but don't? make Christ a part of it. Right. Um, I mean, there's just all kinds of... What about the commercialism? Oh, How yeah, about, yeah. you know, Xmas versus Christmas? Yeah. What about... Uh, Taking Christ out of Christmas. That's right. There's all these things we could talk about. Santa Claus, should you <clears throat> celebrate Santa Claus? Yeah. Where does all this weird stuff come from? Yeah. Santa Claus, reindeers, North Pole. Yule logs. Yule logs, garland, lights. Yeah. Uh, there's so many things that we do traditionally. Oh, yeah. The this, nativity scene. This time of the year. Everything, yeah. Um, and so some of it is rooted in the Bible. Some of it obviously isn't. Right. Or is not obviously is. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Say that again? <laughs> some of it might be rooted in the Bible, but right. not in an obvious way. Not in an obvious way. Very okay. good. Yeah. So, um, so uh, there are a lot of arguments that Christians have made over the years of why Christmas is evil. Or why Christmas is good, right? And so, what we want to do is um, is look at okay, what are these origins? What are some of these arguments that uh, get made all the time? I'm going to throw just a few of them out here sure. that we made. I think we touch on all these. Uh, many Christian uh, tradition, Christmas traditions, are rooted in pagan practices. That's pretty much true. I mean, we yeah, it's we're, valid, and so we're. <clears throat> but the but the question is, does that make them a sinful act? Are you right. are you uh, worshiping a pagan a pagan idol or or a paganism by or by participating? Right. Uh, then also, 
uh, another argument. Many Christmas traditions, including the word Christmas itself, are products of Roman Catholicism, and therefore, as Protestants, we should have no part in that. Abstain from Roman Catholicism. Uh, yes. Uh, this is one. This is just a, uh, a small part of everything we're going to talk about, but it's such a big argument that we're going to focus a little time on it. But Jeremiah ten specifically condemns the use of Christmas trees. Yes. Okay. So we're <laughs> going to talk about that for sure. Um, <laughs> Which is so funny to me. Okay. Uh, Jesus wasn't even born on Christmas. Yeah. So why in the so, world are we celebrating? Yes, on we know that 25th. for a fact yes. that Jesus was not born on Christmas. So. Stop it. <laughs> uh, there's some others, you know, that we may probably not talk about. Like we mentioned commercialism. A lot of uh, people are, are up in arms about, oh, it's all commercialized. It's not even about Jesus anymore. So I'm just not going to have anything to do with it, uh, which is kind of a um, amoral take right. on it. So, uh, okay, that's fine. I, I'm, I don't have a problem with any of that. Um, and if Jesus wanted his birthday celebrated, he would have instituted it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> let's talk about uh, let's talk about some of these. Um, before we get into specifics, um, one of the things that I want to I want to mention is that even though we're going to come up with with several origins of of a lot of these things, there is something that I think everyone needs to bear in mind. We don't know for a fact where almost any of this comes from. Right. I, I mean, there are legends and myths and all kinds of stuff around this, well, this and, tradition. Yeah, not only that, but I mean, okay, so you're taking, first off, you're taking a, a date 2,000 years ago, okay? Right. We are two th- over 2,000 years uh, removed from the event of Christ's birth, okay? Now, you go back further, and most of these traditions, a lot of these traditions predate that. Right. And so whenever maybe. you're... Maybe. Right, maybe. <laughs> some of them don't, some of them right, do. Right, So whenever you're trying to, to go back, I mean, a lot of our information doesn't go past uh, uh, 400s uh, AD. Yeah, right, right. And so whenever you're trying to research this, a lot of people may claim they know for a fact where this came from. Listen, there's just so many you, different traditions. Just because you read it on the internet <laughs> or, or you read a book. Right. Um so you know, <laughs> I wrote a book <laughs> just because some guy wrote a book about it doesn't necessarily make it so exactly. And there's a couple of books specifically that, that we'll bring up before we're through that we know for a fact are, are uh, unsubstantiated, right? The, the claims in those books are completely unsubstantiated, but they have driven a lot of the culture and a lot of the ideas about where these things came from. Right. Um, so it's, it's not hard for us to understand that these things probably do have some, some pagan background, but what exactly those pagan backgrounds were or where they came from is still kind of up in the air. Oh yeah. And I, and I think that, um, uh, one of the things that, that it seems to be that, um, many of these practices were adopted to reflect Christian worship instead of paganism. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that dates back to around 400, the time of the when Catholicism began to solidify, and they began to supplant a pagan worship with godly worship, and they, so they used these things sure. that were there. Um, so uh, and, you know, I mentioned this book. There's a book out there that if you're you you may have heard about it, may not have. Uh, you've probably definitely heard some of the things from the book, whether you realize it or not. Uh, in 1858. 
a Protestant Christian by the name of Alexander Hislop <laughs> wrote a book called The Two Babylons. He wrote a book. He wrote a book. <laughs> and this book made the claim that all Catholic practices were derived from the ancient religions of Babylon and therefore made their way into the Christmas holidays. <clears throat> so he claims that all this stuff comes from Babylon, the evil right uh, empire. Of and Babylon. so, David, I must ask you, what are his? Uh, what's his? What is his back backup uh, study for this? What what is his? The, the interest. That's the interesting thing. Nobody knows his sources. He didn't quote his sources. Um, a lot of Hislop's logic. The reason why he assumes certain things is because he we can observe in history some similarities between certain things that were found in the historical record and certain things that, that happen now. So for example, a snowman might be shaped like a Babylonian idol. So therefore, for a fact, a snowman came from a Babylonian idol. It doesn't have to do with the fact that it's easy to make snowballs <laughs> upon snowballs and make them into the shape of a snowball. Right. So, and, and, and that's that's a that's the type of logic he uses a lot. Right. So, uh, but there's no actual historical religious pr uh, evidence right. that they believed certain things. Uh, I have I've gone through. I've got a huge book here. That is a Babylonian history record of, of things. The Babylonians by H.W.F. Uh, Staggs. Yes. So it's a big old huge book. It talks yeah. about their religions and stuff. And it is not a theological book. This is a history book. And it mentions a, none of these things that Hislop is all focusing on. So, right. um, so anyway, just because two unrelated things have similar backgrounds doesn't necessarily make them uh, related. Right. So, um, so anyway, let's get into some specifics. Okay. All right. So let's start with, because we're not quite to Christmas yet, let's start with Advent. Okay. Well, let's look well, at... What is Advent? I, I don't even really, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I really mess with Advent. The origin of the word Advent, Adventus, okay, or um, you can look at the Latin, you can just, all you have to do is Google the word Advent. Mm -hmm. And find out where it comes from. But the word Advent basically means coming. Right. Okay. So a coming of a time. Uh, for example, if we use this word in Scripture, we have in Matthew um, chapter... Um, oh, gosh. I had this written right out there. No? Hold on. Krampus is coming. Oh, no. <laughs> Matthew 24, uh, 3... Mm -hmm. uh, the disciples asked Jesus, tell us when these things shall be and what will be the sign of your advent coming. or coming yes. and the consummation of the age. Okay. Um, now, here's a really interesting thing. During the time of Jesus, uh, who was the whole world under? Roman rule. Okay. Correct. Correct. So during the time <clears throat> of Jesus, uh the Romans ruled the entire world. Um, there were a couple major players in the Romans ruling the world. The first, of course, everybody knows Julius Caesar. Uh, he gave birth to, well, he didn't give birth to, <laughs> but he adopted Augustus Caesar. Right. And Augustus Caesar was actually the one who was ruling at the time of Jesus. I was just thinking of birth. Julius Caesar being pregnant. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a baby. Okay, anyways, um, what's really interesting to note is during uh, Julius and then Augustus' um, 
reign. Um, he was Augustus specifically was declared the son of God by the Roman Senate. There were a bunch of different uh, uh, um, poets, Roman poets. Most noted one was Virgil. I'll mm-hmm. read you a couple little lines from what Virgil says. The one who is to come will be the divine king of salvation for whom mankind has waited. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. He will annihilate the evil of the past and free the people from unceasing fear. He will establish a universal empire or church. <laughs> of peace and will lead in the golden age for the blessing of a renewed humanity. They had a celebration during this time. They minted coins mm-hmm. because this was the way to get news out. Right. With Caesar Augustus's head on it and on the coin it says salvation is to be found in no other save Augustus. <laughs> Heresy. Okay. And on that coin, there was, or not on that coin, but with that coin, there came a season that they devoted to Augustus mm-hmm. uh, and to his birth specifically, and it was called Advent. Gotcha. The coming of his reign. Okay. Now, that gives us whole new insight. Whenever Jesus is holding that coin and he says, render, render under Caesar. Caesar. What is Caesar's? Right. Render under me right. was mine. Mm-hmm. Could have that have been an advent <laughs> coin? There's a lot of question yeah. there. But th- the whole point is this. So what you're saying, Jeremiah, is that when we do advent, we are worshiping Augustus Caesar. That is not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> okay. What I am saying is there was advent before Jesus. But what has happened is, is that was Augustus's advent, and we all know what happened to the Roman yeah. uh, system. What happened? Yeah, it, it collapsed. It collapsed. So, I guess salvation was not found in Augustus alone. Darn! <laughs> but guess what? We have a Savior whose kingdom is forever, Jesus Christ. And Amen. and not only that, but His advent, His coming, ushered in a whole new age, mm-hmm. a whole new era. Mm-hmm. That's the whole reason why we call it. Advent to begin with, okay? Now, it is a Catholic word, a Roman Catholic... Uh, Lat- Latin, right? Or Latin, yeah, it's a Latin word, but a Roman. it was a Roman Catholic uh, uh, a holiday, okay? The the Advent. Um, and Roman Catholics celebrate it. Most Protestants did away with Advent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Luther, whenever he came in, he ushered in... He stopped. Ditched that stuff. He ditched that whole thing. Right. But if you go back and you check, and, and a lot of actually... Um, Anglican and Roman Catholics, they will light a candle each week with the center candle either being purple or blue, all the outside candles being red. And each week up until Christmas, I think it's like four or five weeks, maybe six weeks. I'm not Catholic, so I don't know. (laughs) But they would light a different candle each week and read part of the Christmas story. And then the the, uh, purple one would be the Christ candle, and that would be the, the picture of Jesus coming. So that's where Advent actually comes from pretty interesting uh, okay cool yeah okay let's talk about santa claus <laughs> santa claus well, this is an obviously uh pagan tradition that has no roots in christianity at all right david oh yes <laughs> except there was a man that santa claus is patterned after um a guy by the name of Saint Nick. Now, this is really interesting. Saint let me, Nicholas. Let me interrupt you for a second. This okay. is really interesting. So you're telling me that Advent, which is highly religious in our culture today, started with pagan roots. Mm-hmm. But Saint Nicholas, which is highly secular, secularized 
in you our mean culture the Santa today. Claus, the Santa Claus, Claus right? Highly <clears throat> secularized, started with Christian Christian roots. roots. Yeah, and huh. so, so okay, we talked about Saint Nicholas, right? Um, going way back. This is dates back to the three hundreds. Right. Yes. Whenever uh, we talked about the Council of Nicaea, <laughs> and our and our our friend here, Saint <laughs> Nicholas, was on that uh, council, in, yeah. in that council during the Nicene Council, right? And so was uh, a man by the name of Arius, <laughs> who was purporting this Arian uh, quote unquote heresy, right? And. Uh, <laughs> St. Nick got so tired of hearing what the guy was saying, he rushed him in the middle of the Bum council rushed him. <laughs> and punched the guy in the face. <laughs> and so uh, so this is a real man. Ho, ho, ho. So, <laughs> so he does not live at the North Pole. Right. Uh, didn't never, never been there, I don't think. No. <laughs> um, he was actually a bishop of Asia Minor, right? Right, right. And um, there's all kinds of legends around the guy. Sure. Uh, things that he did, like uh, preaching at uh, Ephesus. Right. Uh, during the time whenever uh, the, the huge temp- the temple of, was it Diana, mm-hmm. was there. And um, it was he apparently got them to shut down the practices of it by preaching. Right. So there's all this, all this around him. Um, apparently, some of the origin of where the Santa Claus story comes from uh, ties into uh, some some giving that St. Nicholas was. Um, a selfless giver. He was a selfless giver. He was notorious for being an anonymous giver. Right. Which is kind of hard to be anonymous, anonymous and notorious for it. But, right. Okay, but we'll get there. So uh, he was real big on making sure that God got the glory for whatever help he gave to the poor. He right. had a big heart for the poor. And um, so apparently the legend goes that there was a, uh, a merchant yeah. who had um, who had gone bankrupt. And at that time, under the Roman rule, uh, if you went bankrupt, they couldn't they, they didn't just come and collect your home. They could take your family, too. Right. And this guy had three dollars and they would end up being temple slaves or whatever. Yeah. If they if he could not pay his debts. So uh, with love in his heart, Nicholas. Uh, traveled by in the middle of the night, threw a bag of money into the window. Yeah. And apparently it landed in a shoe or on a stocking that was sitting by the fire or whatever. And this was kind of the origin of dropping gifts in the middle of the night anonymously and filling the stockings. Filling the stockings. Yeah. Right. So uh, this merchant found it, didn't know where it came from but was thankful and it ended up being the dowry of his firstborn daughter. Right. Um, he had two other daughters. So on two different occasions, St. Nicholas did the same thing. Yeah. Threw a bag of money into the window. Uh, second time, once again, it was completely anonymous. By the third time, the homeowner was curious right. as to what was going on. So he was hanging out, kind of waiting for this to happen again. Right. And whenever he did, he ran out to find out who was doing it. And that's where he discovered it was Nicholas. Yeah. And so that's where a lot of this idea about uh, St. Nick coming down the chimney, which I don't quite see how that fit in, but right. but the whole thing about him coming into the home in the middle of the night and giving gifts right. originates from. Whenever Nicholas was sainted, they gave him, uh, back in the day uh, before the Reformation, uh, every day was a saint's day, okay? Mm-hmm. Every day. <laughs> and so St. Nicholas happened to have his on December 5th. 
Right. So you have that connection. It ends up being with Christmas, December 5th coming really closely. Yeah, in Christmas. honor of, of him, after he passed, right. people would would give gifts anonymously right. on December 5th or 6th or whenever it was yeah. uh, as a tradition for years to come. Oh, and, I'm and sorry, December 6th, you're right. Yeah, so it, 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 it blended in with our current uh, tradition. Right. So, um, and, and then we have... Um, Chris King- Kringle? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the whole. It's, this some, is really interesting. Some people refer to Saint Nicholas, S- Saint or Saint Nicholas or Santa Claus as Chris Kringle. Right. Um, with this actually has a much later origin. It goes back to the time of the Reformation. Right. So you have uh, Martin Luther actually had ditched all the <laughs> saints. We don't want these saints. Yeah, the days. saints days because there was a bunch of them and everyone gave gifts on these saints days. And so right. he didn't want it taking away from the, from Christ. Right. All this saint veneration is taking away from Christ, which I was honorable. Yeah. And so he instituted that the Protestants would do away with the saints days. Uh, well, they all still wanted to, to give gifts, Sure, but let's do it in the name of, Christ instead. So um, on December 25th, Martin Luther said, okay, well, you can all give your gifts on this date and it will honor the child Christ, the Christ child. Christ child. Christ child. The the word um, uh, Kringle is as Krindle is where it came from, which uh, is... um, a word for for small child, right? Like you used kindergarten or kinder care or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, Christ child is what Chris Kringle means. Right. So it's really not Santa Claus. It's really not. It's Jesus. Saint Nicholas. It's talking about J- Jesus. That's right. where that term uh, came from. Right. Uh, another interesting note: where he got his sleigh and his eight tiny reindeer and all mm-hmm. that. That came from the eighteen twenty three poem. A visit from Saint Nicholas, which turned into, do you know, the night before Christmas was the night before yeah. Christmas. That's right. So that's I started to we... say nightmare before Christmas <laughs> because I'm a I'm a geek. Oh and, yeah, totally. And I've watched that a lot more than I've read. <laughs> so it's the night before Christmas. <laughs> the night before Christmas. So that's where Santa Claus came from, and so it's actually a Christmas, I or a, a Christian. Ideal, right? It has roots there. Yeah. It doesn't have necessarily have pagan roots that no. we know of, right? Um, but now there is a pagan uh, version of this. Yes, <laughs> that happens in the Nordic areas, right? Yes. <laughs> and his name is Krampus. He's a beast-like creature from the folklore of Alpine countries, <laughs> so about he, to punish children during Christmas. So he comes in the middle of the night. Yes. The eve originally it was the eve before Saint Nicholas Day, so December fifth. Okay, so, okay. So before Saint Nick comes, yes, you get another visitor. That's right, and he's a demon. <laughs> <laughs> Run! His job is to punish all the misbehaving kids. I think the United States needs Krampus way more than it needs the, Chris. Oh right yes, now. I'm just saying, just saying. <laughs> gonna throw that out there you can do whatever you want with it this krampus thing man yeah it's awesome i don't know it's cool they've actually even made like horror movies now with krampus Have you seen that? <laughs> no uh, kevin it. was telling me about some uh slavic movie yeah. that he's seen that's got the krampus but people would actually dress up and they still do as krampus with and they would frighten children with rusty chains and bells 
on the night before Christmas and scare. But the so that's where Krampus going to get you. That's Krampus right. going to get you. It's amazing how culture just melds. Yeah, into this stuff. And and that's one of the things too. I think that we should make a point about all this stuff is yeah. that not, it's not most of this stuff doesn't come from one place. Right. It's it's a melting pot. Yeah. We we've picked up a little here, a little Norse mythology, a little Germanic. Right. Uh, uh, you know the oh, what do you have the Saxon roots? Right. You got all these little th- different things in history that have just kind of over the years blended together, sure, and created a lot of the weird stuff <laughs> that <laughs> that's we do. Right. But okay, well, let's talk about the nativity scene because that oh yeah, that's going to have its its roots in Christianity, of course. So, well, uh, let's see. Saint Francis was, uh, of course, uh, a saint during the like twelve hundreds. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Oh, uh, that's right, Frank. Um, and Frank was concerned about all the commercialism of Christmas. He was way back then in the twelve hundreds. Timeless. It's concern. a timeless concern. That's right. All these people were going to their local malls. <laughs> it's Black Friday. Yeah, and going shopping. Ooh, yeah. we get okay. So Nick was like, no. Uh, not Nick. Um, Frank. Fra- Frank was like, "No, we don't need to do that." Listen, Frank, Nick, don't forget, <laughs> like yeah. the buddies of ours. Or something. Right. <laughs> so old Frank over there, he said, "Don't forget about the fact that Christmas is all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's all about the birth of Jesus, and to do that, I'm going to display it. So what does he do? He creates a display, and it becomes the first nativity scene. We have Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, and you have oxen and donkeys, and he shows his major point was to show the the humbleness mm-hmm. of the birth of Jesus, the point that he was born in a manger, born you know out in the cold in, in the middle of the night, you know, and it, it was a, uh, uh, it was a, it was a humbling origin, right? And that was his whole point. Uh, of course, Francis, and that's what he, Saint Francis's thing was all about. Let's humble ourselves right. and get down to nothing. That's the, Let's give everything away. Yeah, that was his whole point. And so <clears throat> that's where the nativity scene comes. Now it's amazing to me. I think Frank would look at this and go, "Wow, they're selling that nativity scene for." Five thousand dollars, <laughs> that right. crystal and gold nativity scene. Anyways, yeah. so well, now the, an interesting thing to note about nativity scenes is they're usually messed up. I mean, oh yeah, they usually aren't biblically accurate, not be- at all, because there was no situation where you had shepherds and wise men, right, at to, the same place. together, and they weren't in the barn. If you know, a lot of nativity scenes are mangers in right. the uh, stable. Th- that's not. You yeah. know, the wise men did not attend that. They ne- they didn't get there. By the way, I always wanted to be a wise man whenever I was a kid in the children's play. Never got to be. I was always a shepherd. Balthazar. <laughs> Balthazar. <laughs> they even, the traditions have even given these guys names. Sure. And, uh, but, you know, we don't know that what their names were. Right. <laughs> but, uh, the, but, but one thing that to note about the wise men is, is that uh, there were not three of them specifically. Right. There were three gifts specifically. There were three gifts, and so therefore people assume that there were three wise men. Exactly. Like, we three kings of Orient, that's one of the most messed up songs. Right. I mean, it's like, I don't know where all that stuff comes from. (laughs) It's like, from the Orient? Yeah. Uh, Well, they were from the the East, but probably that meant Persia. Not Asia, right? I mean, not, they're not, not Asian, not right, not China. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, uh, but but from what we can determine, 
uh, it looks like these guys were the Magi. Uh, right. who, the Magi were the, uh, and that's untranslated. That's in the 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 biblical text. Right. The Matthew. word, yeah, the word Magi is there. Um, that's a a reference to these Persian magicians or astro- right. astrologers and astronomers right. that um, that came out of the Babylonian air, uh, area. So this is one case where there is some ties back to Babylon here, right? Uh, but it is a biblical tie. Yeah. Um, remember that Daniel was taken captive from Jerusalem, brought into Babylon right. there in the days of Nebuchadnezzar. Now, he outlived uh, Nebuchadnezzar and his heir, and was even in under the next government that took over the Persians, right? And uh, he was made chief of their magicians and their the sorcerers, astrologers, astrologers yeah. right? So now think about this: you've got a guy here who is a prophet of God, and he's in charge, a Jewish prophet of God, right? A Jewish prophet <laughs> of God, and he's in charge of all the astronomers yeah. and astrologers. What's he gonna do? What do you think he's teaching these? Yeah, that's people? right. So. Uh, it makes perfect sense that the, that these wise men from Persia would be looking at the sky for the Christ for child, whatever yeah. was prophesied to them right. by Daniel. Daniel. So if he was saying there's going to be this star and it's et cetera, et cetera, it makes sense why they traveled. Also, right. another interesting thing in history was that these people, the Magi, were responsible for uh, venerating kings. They, 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 so like if a Magi came to you it would be like a blessing for the for the kingdom, right? If if he recognized the king, and it would be a substantiation. Yeah, they often called them kingmakers, right? So, um, what probably was going on in in the biblical record of uh, Jesus's time frame, yeah. whenever the Magi come, is there probably wasn't three of them because they got an audience with King Herod. Yeah. Okay, so this would have been, they probably came through in an entourage. Right. There was through huge... the streets of Jerusalem or Bethlehem or looking for this That's right. This this king to anoint. Now what as the sitting king, King Herod, who was a, a vassal king put there by the Romans, right. who wasn't even fully Jewish, he was an yeah. Edomite. So uh <laughs> what is this doing to them? What right, what's doing he doing? He's thinking, wait, I'm, whoa. I'm not going to have this. Bring those guys in here. Right. So that explains why he would have had conference with them and why he would have said, hey, yeah. tell me a little bit about the time frame. So there's all kinds of stuff that gives. And then he ends up doing what? He ends up killing, killing all the, the first or all the males from two years and old and younger. Right. Which tells us that this was probably about two years after the birth of Jesus. Right. So it, it, it probably was not even in the whole time frame of Jesus being an infant. It was probably a toddler. Right. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that's a it's pretty interesting. Offshoot. Also, by the way, this is where can I talk about the epiphany? Go for it. Okay, so this is where the epiphany comes from. Uh, a lot of people uh, in in non-Catholic uh, traditions don't really know what the epiphany is, but they do know a song 
called the 12 Days of Christmas, which is really <laughs> weird when you think about it. Why in the world, number one, is there 12 Days of Christmas? Number two, why is he giving them all these crazy gifts, and what is this all about? Right, right. Well, actually, it has to do with the Epiphany, and the Epiphany is uh, 12 days after Christmas on January 6th. It's also called the Wise Men Day, or it's also some people uh, tacked on the baptism of Jesus to this day. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Now I'm sure Jesus didn't get baptized when he was a toddler. <laughs> I'm also sure the wise men didn't come when Jesus was six days old. Okay, but what they did was he they was had anointed the, at the temple, though. That's so. right, he was, and that might be what they or what, dedicated at the temple. Yeah, that might be what they're focusing on. But the whole point was this was a day to honor the the magi mm-hmm. and on honor what they what they did with Jesus. So there would be traditionally way back in the day, and I wish I was there during that time because they actually celebrated twelve days of Christmas. <laughs> They would start on December 25th. And you got five golden rings over and over and over. Over and over, and four calling birds. I mean, what are you doing with all these things? <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> Anyways, you would take and uh, you would start on December 25th, and you would go all the way through to Epiphany on January uh, um, 6th. So it's pretty cool uh, that you yeah, would that get 12 cool. days. Awesome. Yeah. So, okay, uh, what about this... Um, Let's talk about the word Christmas. Ah, yes. Okay, so the the word Christmas is definitely got Catholic roots. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That is tied to obviously two words: Christ mm-hmm. and Mass. Right. Or Moss. Moss. In Spanish, meaning more. Moss. So it means more Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, bring I'm it. Joking. Joking. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> That's not correct. <laughs> so, so yeah. There. So it was a a, a Mass. Right. A, a Catholic Mass to uh-huh. celebrate Christ. Right. Uh, now. And, and, you know, as you mentioned when we were talking about this beforehand, sure, it's kind of interesting there that a mass is also a funeral, a funeral dirge yeah, at so, our funeral. So it's, so it's, uh, so there's obviously a tie there, but one, the one thing that I want to mention about that is a lot of people get way up in arms about using the abbreviation Xmas. Yeah, they do. Like X-M-A-S. And, and they go, well, wait a second. You're just trying to take Christ out of Christmas. <laughs> How dare you use the X and, <laughs> and then say must? Yeah. So, uh, but never fear. Xmas is not the removal of Christ from the word. No. Uh, in fact, uh, yeah. there's a lot of ancient symbols right. that, that venerated Christ. Uh, there is the Chiro. There, uh, there's all these. The oh, cross, yeah. obviously. And, uh, well, is the Chiro the, no, the, the, um, the uh, what's it called? Well, the Chi is, the Chi is the, is, is the, uh, Greek letter X that looks like an X, right? right. And Rho is a Greek letter that looks like a P kind of, right. but a little So you'd have the big it. P and then the X down yeah, the bottom. Yeah, so you, the... so you may have seen this Christian symbol. It's like right. an X with a big P in the middle of it. Yeah. That's the Chi Rho, and it dates way back to, I mean, you got the Ichthus, which is the fish, fish thing. the Christian fish. That's an ancient symbol, by the way. That's nothing new that just showed up on car bumpers. <laughs> right. <laughs> that goes way back to, uh, that's how uh Christians would identify their right. graves, and it was a secret symbol that would keep them from getting killed, because uh, uh, because the cross was more identifiable with Christianity. And Ichthus is actually well, we'll get we'll, we'll cover that some other time. Ichthus, sure. Ichthus does have a Christian a spiritual root. Yeah, it's an acronym. Okay, so but right. anyway, if we look at uh, Chi, it is 
an X, and it was often used to represent Christ because it's the first letter of, of the his word name. Yeah, the Christ. Name. So, um, so whenever you use X Mass Xmas, that is still a veneration of Christ. You're just writing it in short form. Exactly. So there's nothing evil about no Xmas. No, it's not crossing Jesus out. Of Christmas. <laughs> right. It is just another way of stating the same thing. Exactly. Um, do you have something over there about candy canes? Oh, I do. I love the story of candy canes. <laughs> and this is to show us also that all these aren't aren't ancient. Right. So, so okay. Uh, this, is the, uh, this is the legend. Uh, a choir master in 1670 was worried about children sitting quietly all through the long Christmas narrative scene, nativity scene. So he gave them something to eat to keep them quiet. <laughs> As he wanted to remind them of Christmas, he made it into a J shape. That's disgusting. <laughs> like a shepherd's crook. So he made it into a J shape like a shepherd's crook to remind them of the shepherd that visited a baby Jesus, J, uh, at the first Christmas. That's all totally <laughs> not true. Uh, in fact... Well, it's not true that he made the candy to look like a J, or it's not true that... The whole story's not true. <laughs> it's a fake story, but it's a really cool story. The point of the matter is, it was a Christian tradition handed down. The first recorded uh, candy canes are from Germany around 250 years ago, not 1670. Okay, <laughs> so actually, this somebody lied. Somebody lied, and this is a great point to bring up the fact that we have all these traditions, and they can come from all these different stories, and half of them can be totally not true. You keep using that tradition. I do not think it means what you think it means. Right, but that's the one that's traditionally handed down. Actually, the true story is the reason the candy cane became popular is because this dude Bob McCormick of Georgia 1920, okay? Wow. Started making canes for his <clears throat> friends and family, and it became more and more popular. He started his own business called Bob's Candies. Um, <laughs> a Catholic priest invented the Keller machine that made turning straight candy sticks into curved candy canes automatic. Right. So that that's how they mass-produced them. Um, the red traditionally stood for Jesus' blood. The white stood for purification and it was a christmas candy that was supposed to point you back to jesus so this is a a newer tradition that we started that is a christian tradition for christmas and it's in the form of candy cane right. you can actually share the gospel with the candy cane so who made up the lie um probably bob mccormick in order to sell more <laughs> candy canes i'm not gonna lie that's the truth <laughs> commercialism <laughs> That's what drives Christmas wow. tradition. <laughs> okay, so let's let's uh, uh, one of the things that keeps people from doing some of this stuff is the paganism that, oh, yeah. that it ties to, and so there is um, this. I've heard this used a lot. When you celebrate Christmas, you might as well be sacrificing children, <laughs> because some of this came from the idea of sacrificing children, right? Uh, going way back into ancient Babylonian paganism. Well, you even the, have like mistletoe, kissing under the mistletoe. Does it have? Oh yeah, it has. It has children. Sac ancient druids would sacrifice uh, children and put mistletoe beside them uh, to ward off. So evil if you're spirits. kissing under the mistletoe, you are celebrating the birth of the death of some child. <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> it's so not true, but that's you know that's yeah. Well, and there's also the Yule log. Oh, yeah. And, okay, now, so on the Yule log, one of the things that Hislop uh, referenced is, is that the Yule 
meant, uh, now actually it was an acronym or, or no, a, uh, I forget what you, what you call it whenever the word is shortened or whatever, but it's like an abbreviation right. for uh, the term child. So like this child log is a representation of the Babylonian days whenever, okay, uh, the supposed god of Babylon was Tammuz. And Tammuz was the god child of the virgin uh, Semiramis. Yeah. So... Um, the concept was this child uh, died and was resurrected. Yeah. So it has kind of a Jesus tone to it, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, every year they would supposedly to celebrate this child uh, dying and being reborn, they would take the uh, this log and burn it in the fire. <laughs> And so funny. And so, <laughs> so okay, funny. so obviously, whenever you burn a Yule log, you are lighting a child. You're on lighting fire. a child on fire. But the thing is, like we said before, Hislop, this was completely unsubstantiated. We have no evidence of any practice like that happening. No, you've got some information over there about the Yule log. Right? Well, yeah, basically, the custom of the Yule log it goes back to medieval times, but it's originally a Nordic tradition. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yule is the name of old winter solstice. Has nothing to do with baby. It's actually <laughs> Yule was the name of the for the that the Nordics called the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. So they had a festival called Yule, which was for the winter solstice. Okay. Now again, this is a festival to celebrate the season. Right. Okay. Right. So many people call it pagan. That's fine. Um, but what they would do is they would bring in an entire tree, not just a log. They would cut down a tree and they would start feeding it into the fire. It was carefully chosen and brought into the house with great ceremony. Then they would light it on fire. The largest end would be the log. They'd light that on fire and they'd continually feed it <laughs> for. Uh, I just had this mental image. <laughs> Of a fi- of a log with the end of it sticking in the fireplace, right? <laughs> and the rest of it laid in the living room. Yeah, and uh, but that's what they do. They they set it like that. So anyway, so push the log in a little further, right? And as you know, as winter wore on, they they and that was the idea. Is so they didn't have axes back in those days. So I guess so. Uh, I like, don't know. It was just easier. I don't know. But what happened is, is this tradition got passed on. So when it became a Christmas, uh, whenever. Uh, Christ was put into it. Mm-hmm. So whenever religion took over during the medieval times, what they did was they would light the Yule log at the beginning of the 12 days of Christmas. Ah, okay. So they would begin it on day one and they would go through all 12 days. And at the end of the 12th day, if the log w- or if the tree wasn't totally consumed, they would take it and keep it for mm-hmm. next year. They'd wrap it mm-hmm. up and keep it for next year and start it next year. Right. It became the Yule Log. It was kind of like a special <laughs> tradition for kids. Had nothing to do with child sacrifice at all. Wow. So, And there's also, uh, of course, this this is reminiscent of other tree things that we'll talk about here. Oh, in yeah. But um, if you're listening to this and you go, wait a minute, that is not true. This is the origin of the Christmas tree, <laughs> or this is the origin of the Yule Log, or whatever. That's fine. We're just you're helping to make the point. Exactly. We don't know where this stuff came from. Oh, and there's Nobody, so many different. Nobody yeah. knows for sure. There's a lot of people with a lot of opinions, right? And a lot of of ideas. And yes, we will admit they're probably pagan, yeah, or just crazy, yeah. But but we don't know for sure. Well, you know how 
you know how Christmas traditions start out. I'll give you a great example. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother would cut off the ends of the ham. Okay. <laughs> or this other people have this. Yeah. My mother would cut <laughs> off the ends of her ham and then put it in the oven. Right. Ask why? I don't know. That's how my mother did it. Mm-hmm. Well, you go back a couple generations and ovens weren't big enough. To put in a whole ham, right? right? Our pan wasn't that big. Yeah, the pan wasn't that big, so I had to cut off the ends of it in order to make it fit. But yes. now it's a Christmas, you know, Thanksgiving tradition. Right. That's the way stuff happens. It yeah. just happens. Yeah, and it, the things get passed now, and people forget why. <laughs> right. And we weren't sacrificing evil ham babies to Jesus <laughs> or whatever. It's just the way it works. Uh, oh man. Okay, so let's talk about Christmas trees. Yeah. So that's, that's a good segue. That's a great into, one into the whole Christmas tree thing. Last night I had a uh, youth kid come up to me. Uh, I, I talked about the presence of the wise men, mm-hmm. and I had a youth kid come up to me and go, "Listen, I have a friend who says that." Christmas trees are pagan, so they don't celebrate Christmas trees. And you just told me that every part of Christmas you can point back to Jesus. Mm. And I stand behind that fact. And I said, yeah, you can do that. And she's absolutely right. It it probably was pagan. But, right. uh, you know, and that's a whole, the Christmas tree is a very heated conversation. Right, because it, it doesn't have a, like when you look at a Christmas tree, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't say Christ, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, it, unless you put Christ in popcorn in your Christmas tree. <laughs> right. Now, some people will decorate the top sure. with the star, right? which does represent the star of Bethlehem. Oh, and you can go back even earlier, whenever they were first decorating them with Christmas, and they used to put a baby in a manger on the top of the Christmas oh, tree. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's, there's definitely ancient ties to oh, yeah. Christianity, but, and to Christmas, but... Um, one of the things that that I want to to focus on is um, this concern that Jeremiah ten specifically oh, yeah. condemns the use of a Christmas tree. It sounds just um, like it. I... I'm going to flip over to my King James, my trusty old Uncle Jimmy. It was good enough for Peter. It's good enough for me. Uh, where's King Jimmy at? I know he's he's here somewhere. Okay, so in in Jeremiah ten, I just want to read the first five verses here. Um, because this is this is the controversial text concerning Christmas trees. Yeah. Okay. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heaven, or he, sorry, be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain, and one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil Neither also is it in them to do good. Okay, so sounds like Christmas tree. Cutting a tree out of yeah. the, cut a tree out of the forest, the work of a of an axe. You bring it into the house. Totally forbids it. Fasten it with nails sure. so it stands up and then deck it with gold and silver. Silver bells. Silver bells. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um so but there's some things that I want us to consider about this passage. One. This is a perfect example of just grabbing a small snippet of scripture and running with it yeah. without reading the rest of Jeremiah and seeing 
what are we talking about here? Right. What's going on? Okay, but the first thing I want to do is bring us into a little bit newer translation. I think I'll read from the ESV uh, today. So uh, I want to read the same passage in... Uh, now nah, let's let's look at another. Holman's good for this, is it? Okay, well I'll bring it up here. So the or Hol- the NIV even is pretty good, but the Holman I like Holman. Okay, so the the Holman says, uh, "Hear the word that the Lord has spoken to you, house of Israel. This is what the Lord says: Do not learn the way of the nations, or be terrified by signs in the heavens, although the nations are terrified by them." For the customs of the peoples are worthless. Someone cuts down a tree from the forest. It is worked by the hands of the craftsman with a chisel. He decorates it with silver and gold. It is fastened with hammer and nails so it won't totter. Like scarecrows in a cucumber patch, their idols cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot walk. Do not fear them, for they cannot do no harm, and they cannot do any good. Okay, so it becomes a little bit clearer here. We're not talking about just taking a tree out of the forest and throwing tinsel on it. Right. What we're talking about is taking a tree, cutting it down, shaping it. Fashioning it. With a chisel. With a chisel. And then overlaying it with gold and silver, hammering gold and silver onto it, creating a likeness that supposedly would be able to talk, but obviously can't. Right. So what we're talking about here is the creation of an idol. Right. He's not talking about the practice of bringing a tree in and decorating it. Right. He's talking about the practice of making an idol. And it, other words, why in the world would he say it doesn't speak? It can't walk. I mean, I plan that a Christmas, I don't think a Christmas tree could speak or walk to begin with. Yeah, why yeah, in the world? There's no assumption made there. <laughs> right. Uh, but to clarify a little bit more, we, let's jump down a couple of verses. Verse nine says, beaten silver is brought up from, tar- from Tarshish and gold from Uphaz, from the hands of the goldsmith, the work of a craftsman. Their clothing is blue and purple and all the work of skilled artisans. So they're talking, st- haven't changed subjects. Right. Still talking about the same thing, beat, beating this silver upon it and, and, and creating this idol. In verse 11, it says, you are to say this to them, the gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under these heavens. Right. Okay. The NIV says these gods. Right. So what he's talking about is. Is these gods that are right. being made uh, by hands. And then yeah. uh, last, I want to jump down to verse 14. It says, uh, everyone, <laughs> it's a nice wording. Everyone is stupid and ignorant. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his carved image for his cast images are a lie. There is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work to be mocked. At the time of their punishment, they will be destroyed. Okay, so this yeah. is not talking about decorating a no. tree. This is talking about making an, a, a graven image an and worshiping that graven image Over God. as a god. That's right. That, that did not create heaven and earth. Yeah. Now, I don't believe that during Christmas time, I, you may be weird, but I don't believe what you're doing is going out and cutting down a tree, 
bringing it in, decorating <laughs> it, then bowing down and worshiping it and claiming that it created heaven and earth. Right. I'm pretty sure you're not doing that. Yeah, this is a cultural thing, too, <laughs> because remember what Je- the, the culture Jeremiah was in. Oh, yeah. This was still the time of the Babylonians right. and, and the, the Persians and the time whenever idols and false gods were worshipped everywhere. Right. And the point is being made, don't worship any other god before me. Isn't that what God said? Absolutely. First commandment? Yeah. Don't worship any any other God before me. This right. is an extension of that command. It is not telling you to don't cut down a tree and bring it in your home. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if you, if, if that bothers your conscience, then that's fine. Don't do it. Sure. But don't use Jeremiah 10 as the back as proof it. text that, okay, it says right there, Christmas trees are outlawed. Uh, there was no historical evidence of any of the cultures of this time decorating right. trees in their homes uh, like the Christmas tree. Um, and we have most of the origins we can date back to of the Christmas tree seem to be a lot more recent than, oh, yeah. than Babylon. Right. And they come from, again, this is uh, around Germany and um, uh, Norway. That's where... Christmas yeah, trees. most of, of what we know about. Oh yeah. Christmas now tree again, this time. is ancient, so we don't. But we know that pagans use branches to decorate their homes during the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the idea of winter. Now, a tree they would use firs or evergreen trees, and the reason is they always stayed green. Fresh, and it right. was a picture of you know life, life in the midst of death. Okay, right, right. So they would celebrate life in the midst of death. It was just now Christians took that. And they they used it to celebrate Christ's life in the midst of death. Uh, we have Christ, and so um, oh, there's so many different <laughs> different. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one as a really good uh, a really good example: paradise trees. Um, they, these were wooden pyramid trees, and this was in Germany again. Uh, they would call they would be used during Germany miracle plays or mystery plays. Uh, to be acted out in front of churches on Christmas Eve. Um, this is the December 21st in the calendar of the saints. December 24th, again, remember, every day is a different saints, saints day. day. December 24th is Adam and Eve's saints day. Okay? <laughs> and what they use this was, anybody guess, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Okay? So you would have them decorate this paradise tree in front of the church and act out creation as a play okay so that's one of the places where the tradition of a christmas tree there were other traditions where people marched around with trees during december uh the first uh a lot of people attribute the first person to bring a christmas tree into a house was with martin luther Mm. the story goes he was walking out in the beautiful night and he saw on top of on top of the tree line, he saw this beautiful star, and he wanted to show his kids what it to, looked like. Oh, uh, so, so he wanted to recreate that. Recreate it. So he cut down right. a tree, brought it in, and put the star on top, and that's where Christmas tree comes from. Yeah, probably not true. Right. Uh, once again, legends, myths, but it's and a legend. All kinds of stuff around <laughs> this, and in you know, I'm sure that a lot of people out there listening may have their favorite. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, I know this is true. You know, or whatever. But um, I mean. Just start looking all over the sure. place, and you'll find a million different origins. The uh, first actual documented, this is the actual 
official documented. <laughs> oh, this is the official one. Christmas tree, and you can <laughs> you can go on firstchristmastree.com and find this out. <laughs> but it's actually in Rig- uh, Riga, the capital of Latvia, and it's in 1510. Okay, so that's the actual. They have a the thing there and they celebrate that as the first official oh. Christmas tree. So you can't go to those people and tell them it happened in Babylon. That's right. <laughs> freak out on you. Like, whoa, hey, no. we have the first Christmas tree. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So I'll, let's, let's move into, um, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. Oh, that's obviously true. I mean, <laughs> come on. How do we know that Jesus was born on December 25th? Oh man. Okay. So, most people will agree that Jesus was probably not born on December 25th. Um, there are a ton of different theories about when Jesus was born. Right. Um, so, but the, here's the simple answer that I think you should stay away from. The simple answer is Saturnalia was celebrated on December 25th. And so therefore Jesus's birthday <laughs> was changed to December 25th because of Saturnalia. Yeah. There are a lot of people believe that now Saturnalia again, everybody, uh, if you don't know, it's, it's the winter solstice that the ancient pagan Romans mm-hmm. worshiped. Uh, the idea that uh, basically the sun God Saturn uh, would come to create new life is that right well he would die it was the picture of death death and, and rebirth, rebirth again right so Camus, i mean all these kind of have that same right. theme going on so uh but yeah but the dates of saturnalia don't even reach december 20 they are not on december in fact it started on the 17th of december saturnalia mm-hmm. in the julian calendar and later it was expanded to around the 23rd of december <laughs> right so right. we're not even reaching so, the 25th yeah. that's not Right. So the, so um so if 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 not why why December 25th? How did that get picked? Uh first off, well, let's make a a couple of of observations. Sure. What does the Bible tell us? When does it tell us that Jesus was born? Uh it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh some people will actually use that and say, well, that tells us it's not important. Right. Um uh, well, I mean, I don't necessarily let, let's say I adopt a child. Yeah. And I don't know that child's birthday. Because maybe I got the child from a a country that and that record wasn't kept or whatever. Right. Okay. I don't know the child's birthday. Oh, sorry, son. You don't get one. Yeah. You don't have. I'm a just not going to celebrate your birthday because right. I don't know the exact date. Sure. <laughs> Does that make his birthday less important because I don't know the exact date or because it wasn't given to me? Not at all. No. I mean, I'm still going to celebrate the child's birthday for right. them because it's something worth celebrating. Right. Uh, so sure, it's not important to our soul salvation, and um, this is not an essential doctrine. Sure, <laughs> but but you know, I mean, if you want to celebrate Christ and you want to celebrate His birthday, you got to pick some time to do it. So right. why December twenty fifth? Um, well, some people have have suggested uh, that he was more than likely born in the spring. Right, um, and the reason they <clears throat> use. Well, one reason I've heard is because there's shepherds in the field. Yeah. We do have reference to shepherds in there in Luke 2, I believe it's Luke 2, that talks about um, the shepherds in the field. And so why would the sheep be in the field if it wasn't the lambing season, you know, and that sort of thing? Well, you know what? I visited the Jerusalem area right. in December, like December 7th, 8th, not that time frame. Yeah. I saw sheep. In the open field with shepherds. Huh. They still do that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Well, why would they do that? <laughs> 
So it doesn't get extremely cold over there. No. It it's doesn't. not like Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. And it's, not only that, but Shep, uh, sheep are in rut. Right. Right. So they would be, they, 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 they would be, um, out in the field for that purpose. Sure. So there's, there's all kinds of different things. Uh, people have used the star Bethlehem and the study on where the stars were at the time to try and figure out exactly when Jesus was born. That's a really cool study, by the way. Yeah, it is. Um, I can't remember the guy's name that off the top of my head that, that did it, but it's a star of Bethlehem documentary. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, but he, in his observation, he believes that Jesus was conceived on December 25th or huh. around that time frame. And therefore that would allow him to be born in the fall oh, or late yeah. summer. Um, so, but nobody knows for sure. And that's right. the big thing. So um, let's see what we, um, what we do know through history though, going sure. back and trying to find out this, this December 25th thing and where it came from. Um, you know, if, if we go back to um, all the ancient writings that talk about Jesus None of them really mention Jesus' birth at all until Clement of Alexandria. Oh, yeah. In 200 AD. And um, according to Clement, various groups had begun to associate differing dates to his birth. Oddly, December 25th is not in the list. Right. Uh, He does mention May 20th. He mentions April 20th. um, But clearly it was not certain at all. But people were taking an interest in finding it for right. some reason. I mean, people were interested in this. Right. Uh, by the year 312 AD, we can find two primary dates that people were using to celebrate Jesus's birth by 312. Now this is, this predates Catholicism. Right. This is uh, almost a hundred years before uh, the Catholic church was, was, was fully in place. Uh, so, but at this time, uh, two dates were being used. Um, the two dates were December 25th in the western part of the Roman Empire and January 6th yeah. in the eastern part of the Roman Empire. <laughs> this probably explains the whole veneration of the Epiphany date. Right. So they decided to put Jesus' birthday on December 25th and then uh, Epiphany on January 6th. Right. And the first record that we have of December 25th is actually in a Roman almanac right. that dates back to 350 AD. This is still prior to the Catholic church. Uh, and it puts December 25th as Jesus's birthday uh, on that. Right. But the question still remains why December 25th and who chose that? <laughs> Here's the answer. Go ahead. Nobody knows. That's right. And let me reiterate that. That's right. Nobody That's right. knows. This is the this is the only thing I've heard, and this is maybe, <laughs> and this is totally not. But uh, some people say the Annunciation. Uh, that's when the angel came and told Mary that she was with child and mm-hmm. have a baby mm-hmm. was on March twenty fifth. So you fast forward nine months. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, December twenty fifth being the birthday. But where March twenty fifth? I mean, <laughs> nobody knows. <laughs> so, and this is some old stuff. Okay, oh, yeah. let's go back to even two hundred and seventy five A.D. Um, the birth of Sol Invictus, or the unconquered sun god, yeah. was celebrated on December twenty fifth by decree of the Rome of the Emperor Aurelian. Now, the theory goes that early Christianity chose the date in order to supplant the pagan festival 
that he established in 275 with Christian practices hmm. in an attempt to spread Christianity uh, over the pagan world. Well, if that's the case, then we're celebrating a pagan holiday and we should quit that right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? That's sarcasm, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For any of you who don't know me, sarcasm. Um, so, you know, the fact is, once again, we have hundreds of Christian writings available to us. Yeah. I mean, tons of them oh, during yeah. that time frame. And none of them mention this quote-unquote decision to supplant December 25th oh, with yeah. Christianity. There's no recording of it. Now, right. there were plenty of arguments during that time frame, were there not? Oh, tons. <laughs> we went through a whole series of Christian history and talked about a lot of these oh, yeah. debates. And <laughs> the, Christi- the Christian world was full of debate during this time frame. And you would think if one group or one person decided at that point, let's make December 25th Jesus' birthday, do you not think that somebody would have spoken up against it? And called that a heresy or something. Oh, yeah. But nobody, we have no written records of it. It is a complete and utter mystery. <laughs> so the, so the, the, the question remains is, does that make it wrong? If it, I mean, let's assume... That's it, the question. Let's assume that there is a pagan base to it. Does that make it wrong? And... Uh, there, and before we talk about you know our last point here, I just want to bring up some other pagan things sure. for you to consider. If we're going to go down this road and say, you know what, if it's pagan, I can't do it. If it's got some pagan origin, I don't want to touch it. Well, then we need to start backing out of our culture completely. Right. There are so many things that we do that have its origins somewhere in paganism Yeah. that if we were to make that decision that I'm going to... Uh, cut out everything that references paganism in my life. Right. Um, I'm going to be cutting out even the word church. Right. The word we talked about this before. The word church is not a biblical word. No, not at all. Ecclesia does not mean church. Church. It means assembly, assembly. congregation. The word church has its origins in the Druish, the Druids. Right. So um, that's pagan. Oh yeah. So uh, that's the that's a big one. Uh, the word Bible itself that has ca- uh, Catholic origins. Yeah. So that's not uh, that. If you're going to be a, a Protestant and say I'm staying away from everything Catholic, <laughs> stop writing the word <laughs> Bible news for you, buddy. On your that's on, right. on your text because that's that is a Catholic word. Right. Um, what about the the calendar we currently use? Oh yeah. The that's a pagan calendar. Yep. Yep. I mean, just think about the the days of the week: Sunday, Sun. Day that comes from Helios. That's the the that that day is to honor the god Helios, the sun, the sun god. god. Monday, moon day, That's is what is what Monday comes from. Honor the moon god Ishtar, yep. the, the moon god. Uh, Tuesday, this is a uh, Tues Tues day. Tues is the um, Teutonic god. Okay, it's where the Teutonic comes from. The Teutonic god, uh, who is the same god as Mars. Aries, that's the same God. Right. Okay, so Tuesday is Mars's day. Uh, Wednesday, Woden's day is what the, where that word comes from. It's the celebration of Mercury, Hermes, uh, Woden. Those are all the same God. Uh, Thursday, Thor's day. Thor's day. That's my favorite. <laughs> that's when I wear my Thor shirt. <laughs> Puny human. <laughs> 
<laughs> so this obviously is a celebration of the god Thor, right. who's also Jupiter, Zeus. Uh, Friday comes from Frigg's day. So uh, Frigg is the, the same goddess. Uh, Venus, Aphrodite, this is the same god, a goddess. Uh, Saturday, obviously, once again, Saturn. Yeah, Saturn's day, Saturn, Kronos. Those are the same God. So you got to start ditching these. Oh yeah, these days. Um, uh, so even our seemingly benign holiday of Thanksgiving has all oh, kinds oh, oh. of roots uh, going way back prior to the pilgrimage over oh, to yeah. America. This goes all the way back to celebrations of the harvest season. Um, wedding traditions. Oh man, you can go crazy there. Wedding rings, dr- white dresses, veils, trains. A wedding cake, throwing the bouquet, throwing the garner, garter. These are all oh yeah, good luck uh, type of, of things. Yeah. Omens, something borrowed, something blue. Something, yeah, the bride cannot old, see new. the groom before the wedding. Right. You know all this sort of stuff. Um, so, and it can be even argued that modern day sporting events are nothing more than an extrapolation of ancient Roman Colosseum right. gladiatorial events. Um, so <laughs> sayings that we throw around, yeah. knock on wood, jinx, even bless you when people sneeze. Oh, yeah. The, the demons uh, come out of him. Bless him. <laughs> <laughs> so and any number of gestures and habits like covering your mouth when you yawn, although that seems to be a courtesy, it originally meant to hold your spirit in, hmm. uh, tossing salt over your shoulder, crossing your fingers in a hopeful gesture. Yeah. The, these are the horseshoe all, over the door. Yeah, all I these mean, things. Good luck. Have pagan <laughs> roots to them. So sure. Uh, so let's talk about how we can use all this paganism in a positive, or I say paganism things that maybe had pagan roots but now mean nothing. Right. Well, I, I when I think about this, I think of, of one phrase, and uh, many people like it, some people don't, but I like it because it really helps me understand what, what I'm called to do as a Christian. And this phrase is redeeming the culture. Right. Okay. Um, whenever I was, uh, whenever we had Halloween, uh, just a little bit, a short time ago, and mm-hmm. if anything's a pagan holiday, it's, oh, yes. it's Halloween. Okay. Definitely In there. fact, so many, uh, Christians today stay away from Halloween, won't let their kids trick or treat. And, and I, I understand it. I, I get that. I, I understand that you're, you're afraid, but here's my deal. We can use Halloween to redeem the culture. How do you do that? Well, let's take the jack-o'-lantern, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I did a, a youth lesson where we carved jack-o'-lanterns in youth at, at the church. <gasps> oh my goodness. <laughs> and what we did was we shared the gospel you through pagan, through carving. Yeah. <laughs> through carving the jack-o'-lantern. The idea is God takes us. He opens us up. He scoops all the junk out of our lives ah. and then he puts his light in us. Wow. He fashions us in the way that he desires us to be so that are that his light shines inside us out to a dying world so that more people may come. So no matter what the origin of the jack-o'-lantern is, this is what I'm going to teach. Right. There is a lesson that can be learned from it. Exactly. This reminds me awful lot of what our friends over at the GCT network, finding Christ in cinema. This is a lot of what they'll, they do when they take a movie that's a Hollywood movie that maybe they had no intention of it representing Christ in any way. Right. And what are what what are we doing at the GCT network? We're taking that and redeeming it for Christ, Amen. showing how you can teach the gospel of Jesus Christ in stories and messages found in these movies. Exactly, it's the same thing. 
take what you take what the culture is using and yeah. use it to forward to preach to preach the gospel right. and, and to bring Jesus into the people into people's lives. I think of uh, this is my scripture and then I'll I'll let you have your scripture. This is really what I'm uh 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Okay. Um uh hold on. <laughs> Verse 20, and this is Paul talking, and this is what he says. To the Jew I become a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law I become like one under the law. And though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I become like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak I become weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I might share in its blessings. Amen. So that's a, that's a brilliant passage for this, because Paul not only spoke this, right? he exemplified it. Oh, yeah. He lived this, and what he did was he infiltrated culture, mm-hmm. and he brought people into Christ through through use of the culture. Great, great example of this. Paul's walking in uh, um, Athens, mm-hmm. Greece, mm-hmm. and he sees all the the gods. Right. Okay. And so he goes, "Hi, I've got a plan." And so <laughs> he starts preaching the gospel. They take him to the Areopagus, yeah. Mars Hill, Mars Hill, and he goes, "I notice your very religious culture, and you even have a god, an idol to the unknown god." He doesn't say, all these idols are wrong, you're evil, you're going to hell, and that... No, he takes that false god idol, and he uses it to proclaim Christ. What he says is, that person that you worship in ignorance, I'm going to tell him, tell you about that one. He's the real one. Right. Okay? Right. So he uses the culture to teach the people about Christ. Perfect example. Yeah. Because you're in a you talk about pagan. Oh yeah. I and mean, you're in the pagan uh, capital of the world. Capital there. Yeah. And 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 the thing that I find very so funny about that is that here he is just kind of minding his own business. He was waiting oh, on, yeah. on his on his chilling out. on on uh, his his cohorts to arrive. Yeah. Because he got there before them. And uh, he starts talking right. with these philosophers and they're right. going, "Man, that's some good philosophy." <laughs> See, they didn't even realize. Oh, it, he was not. He was presenting himself as a philosopher, right. and they were like, you, "Will you mind come speaking with us?" Yeah. And so it was like this open invitation for him to come into their group and to give them this message using their own Amen. culture. That's right. And so, oh man, that just nails it. Uh, to me, there's there's a few verses. I'll 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 touch on a couple of them. Romans 14 is one that that. Uh, man, it's debatable. People say, oh, you can't use Romans 14 for Christmas. <laughs> but, you know, I will argue that you can because there's a principle. Sure. Now, yes, he's not talking about Christmas. <laughs> Here he's talking about festivals and Jewish festivals. And, and some of them felt like you still had to do the festivals. And some of them believed, no, y- y- you don't have to do them anymore. And so the the more legal Christians were trying to pass that Jewish tradition on to the Gentiles, and uh, the the principle of the message in Romans fourteen and fifteen is: look, there are people in different positions, yeah. different places in their faith. Some of them are still hung up on 
these do's and don'ts, and and the others that feel more liberty where they were they believe they can still serve God in right. a different way. The thing is, he gives them both advice. Sure, he tells one set, "Do not judge the ones who don't do things the way that you feel they should." Right, and he tells the other ones who have more liberty in the, in their hearts, "Hey." Don't uh, despise those yeah. who are still hung up on this. Don't allow your liberty to become a stumbling block. Right. Don't cause them to fall over it and don't don't force it down their throat. Right. So um, in this, I, I want to look at what he says in verse, I'm reading from the NET, Romans 14, verse 5. It says, one person regards one day holier than other days, and another regards them all alike. Each must be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day does it for the Lord. The one who eats, eats for the Lord because he gives thanks to God. And the one who abstains from eating, abstains for the Lord and gives thanks to God. Hmm. So his point is, and he says much later, or he says later here that, that the, the kingdom of heaven is not about food and drink. Right. It's not about the these physical things that you're fussing over. Right. It's about something much purer than that. It's about what's in your heart whenever you serve God. Is 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 God in your heart whenever you're doing these right. things? And so to me that's one of the big things that if you're hung up, okay, nobody is worshiping a pagan god today. <laughs> in fact, these things, even if they have pagan roots, that makes it even stronger because now it shows that Jesus has defeated that pagan god. Exactly. So, in other words, you're not in danger of putting up your Christmas tree, having somebody walk by your house at night, see that glowing Christmas tree, and go, "Ah, I'm from the Norse, uh, Nether. I'm from the Netherlands, and uh, I'm an ancient druid, and I understand that these people are, are worshiping, you know, the the, the winter solstice and by you, hanging this. And you're not going to work. You're not going to wake up in the middle of the night and go, you know what? God's not answering my prayers. I think I'll go pray to the Christmas tree. <laughs> Yeah, that's not what's happening. It's not not happening. These are the warnings about idolatry. In the scripture is about putting something ahead of God. That's so to take these things uh, and freak out about them is to misunderstand what the command is. The the heart of the command, the spirit of the command is to put God first. So if you're putting God first in these things, like if you're using these things to to bring glory to God, then he then he will be glorified right. in it. Uh 1 Corinthians 10, there's this whole uh thing about idols and and of course he's talking to Corinthians yeah. right here. And he's given them almost it sounds contradictory advice. He's telling them, hey, you know, if it was sacrificed to an idol, don't eat it. <laughs> but then he turns right around and says, but, you know, if you're giving it with Thanksgiving, and it's, uh, it, then, you know, more power to you. Yeah, go ahead. Because in and of itself, we know that the idol is nothing. Right. Okay, well, that right there is the point. Yeah. The, the idol is nothing. Uh-huh. It's only if it means something to you. If, 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 if that idol is a god to you, then it's different. But if that idol's not a god to you, if you realize it's not a god, yeah, it's, it's just trash, right? And it's just something that that I, a platform that I'm going to use to trump God, to teach Jesus, Amen. or to or to worship God, yes. and bring God into it. All good things come from who? God, the Father of Lights. That's right, right God. Right. And the reality is, is we use them to glorify Him. That's the point. So when you give Christmas presents this year, you're not worshiping some druid. <laughs> you're glorifying God through the gift of the Christmas present. When you're gathering your 
children around the Christmas tree. You're worshiping God. Now, now, does this mean that you grab your neighbor who says, I ain't celebrating that pagan worship and drag him to your Christmas party and force him? No, because like once, the Grinch. <laughs> because once again, there's scriptures about this. Right. You're, you're causing that person to stumble because if it's not done in faith, if he can't do that in, in his heart, then you need to, to leave him alone about right. it. And, uh, you know, I love in reference to this, one thing that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, we quoted this last week kind of in jest, but in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 23, he says, everything is lawful, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is lawful, but not everything builds others up. Amen. Do not seek your own good, but the good of other persons. Eat anything that is sold in the marketplace without questions of conscience for the earth and its abundance are the Lord's. So everything offered in that, all those things offered to idols is if, if you can do it without any idol worship or any reference or any type of, of, of pagan <laughs> worship, right. Then it's got, and you're giving thanks from God, then you, it's admiss, it's it's able to do everything is lawful. You, but not everything is going to help other people. Amen. So do not do something that's going to hurt somebody. That's right. Instead, do everything with love for God and for your fellow man. That's right. Oh, it's been a good study. Whew. I it's one of the best. I tell you, I I, I love Christmas, it, and so it's a, one of the shortest episodes. <laughs> Really? No, not at all. I didn't believe it. I'm like, we've got to be two hours right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, not we're not quite there, but uh, <laughs> okay. so anyway, visit us on on uh, gctnetwork.com and and learn a little bit about what uh, about what we're about over over there. Uh, right. Our idea here is to bring um, using new media and social networking to bring the gospel to the world and to fulfill the great trans uh, commission through this transmission. That's right. Uh, there's several ways to contact us and leave us feedback. Send us an email at theonauts at gctnetwork.com. You can call us on our voicemail line, which is 972-885-7270. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast portal. Don't forget to leave us comments uh, on there and to rate us. Uh, tweet to us on Twitter at Theonautical. Uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. Follow us on Instagram at The Theonauts. And don't forget to tune in again to explore the vast reaches of God's word with us. All right. Thanks for being here, Jeremiah. Thanks, man. God bless. This has been Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 